I am that I am, Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Welcome to this classroom and laboratory <laughs> of the new spiritual energy. On this beautiful Sunday, November 8th, 2009. Dear Chambra, welcome. Now, I'm going to um, begin by a little bit of opening the eyes, but not just Caldra, each and every one of you. I'm not just talking about your physical eyes, but rather your spiritual eyes. So take a deep breath, open up. How long have you been shut down? How long have you been playing the human game? Oh, a long, long time. It's a wonderful game, an incredible game. I played it. I even play it with you sometime. But you come to a point where the game gets old, you call out to spirit, you beg to spirit, you get angry with me, and you say, there's got to be something else. There's got to be more. And that's where we are right now. We are this group called Chambra. No barriers, nothing to join, no initiation, nothing to do, other than some occasional breathing. <laughs> but here we are. I have to say it's interesting with my peers and cohorts on the other side. They know that I'm very actively involved now in the Crimson Council. They know that I have come in to take over where Tobias left off. Tobias, so let's take a moment just to breathe for Tobias. Well, he was back in the human condition, and that needs some breathing. <laughs> Oh, he's going through experiences, not this shout, but perhaps, perhaps for a Christmas carol. We'll talk a little bit about Sam, how he's doing where he is. But, so I'm in the position of having to explain to my angelic counterparts and friends and associates, when they come up to me and they say, what is this thing? Somebody left their pakawa out. <laughs> 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 Do welcome him in if he promises not to bite me. <laughs> Indeed, bring him in. Indeed. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's busy sniffing crotches, and mine <laughs> is not available at this moment. Certain things we just will never put a channeler through. <laughs> so I explained to my friends, what is, what is Shambra, they say. And the angels, by the way, don't know everything. You have this misconception just because you're dead, you know everything that's going on. Do you realize? Do you realize what experts humans are in blocking themselves from the spiritual beings? Even God can't see you, can't hear you, can't look into your little thoughts. 
when you're blocking yourselves. And most humans block themselves about 82% of the time. 82. I love numbers. So I try to explain, what is Shambra when, when they ask me? What is Shambra? There's really not a lot of definition for it. It's obviously not a religion. I, I know who you are. <laughs> Probably not a cult, because as in general you resist groups. You don't really like groups. You don't want to join anything. So what is Shambra? they ask. It's not even spiritual. Not even spiritual, because spiritual has such an old connotation. Spiritual uh, to so many of the beings on the other side means – oh, how do I put this bluntly? I won't. It means phony, <laughs> deceptive, deceptive. Spirituality is some of the greatest feeding ground for the ego and the mind. The mind loves when people become spiritual, because it gives them excuses to be righteous, obnoxious, closed-minded, and always searching. So I can't say Shambra is spiritual. So, so what are you? You're not intellects. And I mean that with honor and all due respect. No, you don't want to be intellects. Intellects so stuffy, so into themselves, so condescending. You can probably tell I used to be an intellect at one point. <laughs> not anymore. Not anymore. You're not you're not airy fairy, so I could barely call you new agers. You might have been at one point, but new age has that kind of connotation being out somewhere else. And working with Tobias over these years, you got through that New Age period. You got through the living and existing in La La Land and having this life down on Earth that was basically very, very imbalanced. No, you've, you've learned to breathe. You've learned to be in your body, love your body, love, love your partner's body, love each other. You've learned You've allowed yourself to begin enjoying what life has to offer, which is so much, so much. We're still going through the struggle because we're still getting over mind patterns, mind patterns, facts and figures. We're still getting over um, programming that's taken place over the ages, Atlantis, uh, churches, schools, your parents, even yourself. You see, you're not the person you were five years ago, are you? No. You're not the person you were a year ago. So what are you? Who are you? I have to try to explain this to the other angelic beings. It actually gives me great delight, because I can just say they are that they are. They are that they are. Indeed, they're going through a transformation process, and the transformation process is something that typically would take three, four, five lifetimes, and you're going through it all 
in a few short years. No wonder it's difficult on your body and mind. No wonder it's so challenging. But again, then, we have each other. You have each other. You have tremendous resources in the angelic beings who work with you every night. Every night. Oh, we have some incredible discussions and talks and bring in guests in the other realms. We'll talk about that later. But for now, try to explain what is Shambra. Because there is nothing to join. You don't have any hierarchy. You don't have any leaders, per se, that are cranking out things that you're supposed to do or believe in. It's very loose, very loose. It's not a commune. Good Lord! (laughs) You would not fare well in a commune. You're not meant to. You're too independent, and and that is a blessing. You're far too independent. So you're, you're not an organized group, and it leads me to believe this is the new energy. You're all very, very independent, really, truly. Some of you don't believe that. Some of you don't want to believe that actually is the problem. But you're very, very independent, very strong will. One of the problems in working with you – and I mean this in all due respect and love – but you're very, very strong will. Not picking on anybody in particular, but, but it hurt my hand just to pat your shoulder. Very, very independent, but yet you can get together in a setting like this without any rules, without anything you have to do. It's all voluntary. Join together. Sometimes you say you're doing it to make the world a better place. Actually, doesn't really matter, does it? it? It doesn't. The world is what it is. True love, a love the kind that Spirit has for you, is absolute acceptance, absolute honor. So it's not really about trying to change the world, although it is very, very fulfilling to put out your blessings, your gifts, your potentials for humanity knowing that others, if they choose to embrace them, aren't going to have to go through some of the torment and the hell that you've gone through. That, that makes the heart feel good. To know that the work that you've been doing has had such a profound effect, not necessarily on Earth. You're, you're going to see it on Earth, but it really hasn't manifested here yet the way it's going to. Where it's having an effect is in the other realms. The other realms, well, we could talk for ages about it, but you know what it's like. You've been dead before, so <laughs> if you let yourself remember for a moment, it is, it is an experience. It is amazing. Uh, there are so many facets to it. It, it makes Earth look very, very sim- simple, very easy. Because in the other realms there is anything that you want, anything that you can imagine, any game that you choose to be part of, any reality. Yes, you can go to heaven on the other side, but it's one of millions of heavens. Churches create their version of heaven, and their devout members 
go there when they die, up until the point they realize that heaven kind of sucks, <laughs> because it's based on human parameters. Seventy-two virgins? I don't think so. It gets boring because they don't tell you they always remain virgins. <laughs> That's hell to me. That's <laughs> so what is Chambra? I tell my, my friends on the other side, this is a group of humans who can laugh who can experience, who are expanding, who are getting out of one of the most principal and uh, structured type of qualities or attributes that humanity's ever had, and they're doing it with relative grace and ease. That's the mind, the mind. Again, not to say bad things about the mind. It was, it was a brilliant creation by you when you came to Earth. I had to have a mind to deal with 3D or whatever reality you call this, to deal with this, this reality on Earth. The mind was developed to help you stay here in the physical body and to make the best of this reality. But we're going beyond that now. We're expanding into something, something very, very beautiful. So Shambra, this group of new energy pioneers, this group of beings who have had so many experiences here on Earth and in the other realms, a group of people who have been leaders in their spiritual families, leaders in your spiritual families, the ones you who left your spiritual family to go it alone but knowing all the time that it would have a profound impact on those that you left behind. A group that in recent years, a group you, who have actually disconnected from the spiritual family from which you came, whether it was the Order of Sananda, whether it was the House of Michael, Gabriel, any of the other archangel houses where you were leaders. You eventually, in recent years, disconnected from those for a couple of reasons. You had to find out what it was like on your own without carrying the responsibility of trying to free the energies in the other realms. You had to free yourself first. You had to do it for you, not for everyone else. You had to learn to love yourself first. It's actually easier to love someone else to do things to structure your life for others. Very much easier, much easier. But when it comes to doing it for you, and when it comes then to all of the doubt, all of the outside criticism, all of the wondering whether you are worthy, that's where you really get into the deep energies, get into your true Self. So I say to the beings on the other side, this is a hearty, truthful, gritty, loving group of angels who are pioneering into the new energy, not knowing what it is. It would have been different if we could have given you a book and said, Kathleen, here's what the new energy is. Now do you want to be part of it? It would have been much easier. But here you're saying, I'm going to go into it. 
damn everything. I'm going to go into this new energy. So I'm so proud now that I've had these couple of months with you since Tobias has departed. So proud to be side by side with you, ev- with you every step of the way. I have my ways and my style. I do it. I do it to get the energy moving. I do it to get you into a bit of anger sometimes, a bit of shock, humor when I can. But I do it because I love you and because I'm enjoying the journey probably more than you are. <laughs> probably more. Let's take a deep breath today as we get into our discussion. Let's talk first about Pakawas. I know we've had this discussion before, but the Pakawas are an extension of yourself. They're a creation of you. They're an aspect of you. As Kaldra said earlier, yes, it was brilliant on my part to create a non-human aspect, an animal. Why? Because you love animals more than you love humans. Quite simple. Animals don't have all the agendas and the issues that humans do. Animals are loving. Animals also don't talk to you in words. Oh, it's enough to drive anybody crazy someday with all the talk that humans do. Animals communicate from their heart, whatever you want to call it, their soul level, their inner being. So you have the opportunity now to take this pakawa, this energy of, of this totem, your energy projected out into this beautiful being, and start working with it. What's the first issue you run into? Mary. Ah, exactly, exactly. First issue is your connection, your connection. So you went through the experience of selecting a pakawa. Some of you still haven't, and if you haven't, by the way, you need to take a look at your issues with making a decision, making a choice. <laughs> it's not that difficult. Uh, uh, this is not meant to be funny. <laughs> It's just an imagination. That's all. So take a look. If you haven't selected a Pakawa yet, anything, it does a spider. It's okay. <laughs> anything. You probably have some decision issues. And you're probably these are probably based on the fact that you're afraid of making the wrong decision. You cannot. You cannot make the wrong decision. Try it. Try it. Don't hurt yourself too bad at first. <laughs> what happens now, and uh, I won't get into the deep physics of it, but because of the way you have changed your energy, and because of the fact that you are going beyond vibrational reality into expansional reality, you can't make a wrong decision. You can think you made a wrong decision, which seems very real sometimes, but ultimately what happens is your own energies, your own consciousness will self-correct. And you can resist it, and you can pretend it's not there, but it really is. It really is. Trust me. 
No, actually, don't trust me. <laughs> trust yourself. Trust yourself. Absolutely. So everything rebalances itself. The important thing, as was discussed earlier, is at least you have some momentum going. You have the pendulum swinging again. How long has it just been hanging, doing nothing, hanging? And now it's swinging again, but unlike your regular pendulum, it doesn't just swing back and forth. Now it swings up and down, swings in circles, swings both ways at once. That's the new energy. Perplexing, but only if you're stuck in your old mind. So, your Prakawa is this extension of yourself, and it's this energy of you. It's not, it doesn't belong to somebody else. It's you. You're learning a very important, basic, new energy tool – energy management. You're not used to managing your own energy. You're used to worrying about it, fretting over it, planning it, hiding it, playing with it, but managing it. So you send your – you create a pakawa, a totem. You make that connection with it. And that's what we've been doing up until now, connecting with it, feeling it. It's there right now. Take a breath. Your pakawa is right there. You are right there. It's part of you. It's right there. A lot of times it's in a kind of a neutral mode, just waiting, waiting for you to direct it or guide it what to do. Some of you have given it very specific desires, instructions, and said, be on surveillance all the time. Walk with me in my dreams. A lot of you have been doing that. Very, very impressive. Walk with me in my dreams. Some of you are overusing your Pakawa telling your Pakawa to do things for you, like create a lot of money or find a new partner. Your Pakawa is not going to find you a partner. He'll find another Pakawa to partner with, but <laughs> and then you've got a whole other issue going on. <laughs> but the Pakawa is there to help you to understand how to send yourself into the other dimensions, how to, how to manage your energy, how to connect with aspects of yourself. It's a very valuable experience. Now, this isn't something you should do just once in a while or once a month when we get together up here. Work with it daily. It's amazing. You're going to find out how brilliant the Pakawa is. And if you have chosen, for instance, a squirrel as your Pakawa, you're going to notice something else. What happens to the squirrel? Kathleen, not to pick on you, but it can change into something different? Absolutely. See how brilliant you are. It can change into something different, and it will. Interesting observation about new energy. Just because you said, let's make the Pakawa a squirrel, you're going to find out that it turns into a dog, or it turns into a bear, or a dolphin. It starts adjusting to the energies of you and the energies around you. So it's going to start changing forms. You might even find out that it turns into a human. It turns into an alien-type creature. It's going to start going through your past and your future and start to pick energetic attributes. And it's going to be like a chameleon. It's going to shape-shift. 
It's going to take on new attributes to absolutely serve you. This is the beauty of the Pakawa. It generally will come back to the form that you initially created it in. If it was a squirrel, it comes back to a squirrel, up to a point. And at some point it's going to say, I'm no longer a squirrel, I'm going to evolve into something else. And maybe it's not just another animal. Maybe it's going to evolve into something so different that you're not even going to recognize it through your own, through your old mind. That's an interesting point. When you get to that point, don't try to force to redefine it. Allow it to start taking on those new shapes and those new forms. And you may see it as having an animal type head and a spirit body, a non physical body. It could do all sorts of strange things. It's all a way of saying, Expect the unexpected, because you're in the new energy. And the new energy, damn it, is different than old, and you want it that way. What if this journey was just about continuing on in the old energy, just trying to be a little richer, a little smarter, a little better looking, a little sexier? I think you would be frustrated. No? <laughs> yes, yes. Please tell me yes. <laughs> So let's take a moment here and feel the energy of your Pakawa. Connect with it. It's been on the outside. It's been in the other realms. It's been there all the time, with you every step of the way. It didn't dissolve away, float away somewhere. It's waiting for you. Let's, let's take a different direction with the Pakawa today. Let's go inside, into your body. I say, well, how am I going to fit that big fat elephant into my body? Ah, ah. A, it could shift and shape into a different form. B, who said that an elephant is bigger than you? Who said? Somebody said. Somebody said elephants are huge. So you think, well, I can't put that elephant, my pakao, in my body. I'll explode. Maybe not. Maybe you can transform or transmute, or it can, or both. Going to ask that you're going to ask your Pakawa to go into your physical body. Why? Because you haven't been in there in a long time. <laughs> you haven't. You let doctors in there. You get these probes in different parts of your body or let them cut you open. But you haven't been inside your physical body. You don't necessarily like going in there. But the Pakawa, a part of you, will. And what's it going to do? Nothing. Not today. But as you start to learn with it, it's going to go into your body and help to detect imbalances that other parts of you know about but aren't being communicated back to you. Imbalances that have potential of coming in that aren't there yet. The Bakawa is going to be able to understand how your physical, your mental being could be pulling what you would call imbalanced potentials or health and health issues, mental issues. So take a deep breath. Let your Patakawa come inside you. Breathe it in. Journey 
and the inside of yourself. Now, stop for a moment before it gets too far. Let go of the mind notions of what your inside of your body looks like, because you're starting to think, oh, should it go along vein number L42, you know, and travel? Should it, you know, does my pakao want to go into my bowels? Into should I keep it from going into my ears, or my eyes? Let go of the factual part right now. You are an energy being. You are an energy being who has created a physical body. Let it go into your energy, not necessarily your physical self. Let it go into your energy self here. Give it permission. That's all this part of you needs. And let it wander. Let it wander around. See, you are, you are a kingdom within. A physical part of you is a magnificent kingdom. It has so many attributes. If you think in terms of energy rather than pure biology, one of the problems with modern science right now, if you can't see it in a microscope, it doesn't exist. That's changing, though. That's changing rapidly right now because of the work you and others are doing. There is an acknowledgement of the energetic attributes. It's going to continue. There are, there are groups, not many, but there are groups of physicians, metaphysicians, who are really beginning to understand the energy flow associated with the physical body. Let your pakawa go deep within right now. Let it roam inside your body. Don't tell it to go to any certain place. Don't ask it to heal anything right now. Just let you get back into being familiar with your body. Don't expect to hear a voice. Don't expect to get a written report back. This is just a basic experience with your Pakawa. By the way, yes, we will be developing other types of energy aspects of you. Not necessarily Pakawas, but this is the first level. We're going to be developing other creations to serve you. But let's get this down first. Let's really make that connection with the Pakawa and understand it travels multidimensionally. It's always there. It can go in your body. It can get to a core level within you. Your body's communication system. Your body's communication system is an elaborate yet simple network of magnetics, electrics, energy movement, a lot of different types of physics. A lot of different pulses going out, but your body has this amazing communication system. That's what allows you to do several things at one time. To eat, to walk, to think. The body is sending out little signals, little pulses, constantly, millions, millions of them per second, all over your body. Isn't it amazing you don't actually have to control it or keep track of all that? It's doing it on its own. It's a miracle of physical reality. The communication system in your body generally works pretty well with itself. But there are times when 
one part will stop communicating with the other. The heart is notorious. Gets out of contact with other parts of the communication system. And of course you have some type of heart disease or heart attack. Heart, the physical heart is also associated with the energy heart. It's not your soul, but it is indeed a very integral part of your sensing and feeling. It gets out of communication at times. Definitely the communication between your body's network and you. Not, let's not call it your mind, but let's call it your consciousness. There's a big gap there. You know, for instance, in the communication system between your consciousness and your body, if I hit you, <laughs> hit you hard <laughs> – sorry, honeybee – if I hit you hard, you know it. The communication system snaps into place. Consciousness says, I've been attacked by this Adamus in love, in love. And it tells you to be alert. But generally your consciousness is so out of communication with your body's communication system. The system is running right now, but it's running on low energy and very, very old energy. And it's running on the foundation of doubt and fear. In general, in great generality, humans are afraid of their bodies because the body generates pain and the body dies. I would be afraid too if I were you. But you come to a point where you realize, first of all, pain is an illusion, mostly, and the body might die, but actually the reality is that you've had this series of physical deaths on earth where you have die, sometimes in great pain, sometimes you go right away. But you've left your body behind. And the new energy, it's not necessary. You take your body with. Not that you need a body on the other side, but you take all of its energy components, all of the wisdom in the body contained in the flesh, which is just energy, and you bring it with you. Why? Well, a couple of reasons. You look better on the other side. <laughs> no, you actually do. The beings who have never had a physical lifetime on Earth, they're, they're, they're kind of um, floaty, you know, <laughs> or just kind of, kind of uh, fluffy. Not very, not very defined, actually. Yeah, you see some colors in, in their energy, but they're not really that defined. If you've been on Earth, and particularly if you've learned to bring your physical body with you, you're very defined. And that's really cool on the other side. That's, you can't, they can't buy that on the other side. They go, I don't care what fashion rules are up. And they, you know, they want it. And then you laugh because you say, it's easy. It's right down there on planet Earth. Happy journey. See you in 10,000 lifetimes. <laughs> so this connecting back into your body is also is, is important. If you choose ascension, you're going to take your body with you. It's a, it's, it's a much better thing to do. Nothing worse than having your bones, your old bones buried in the ground. It, it's a sure way and a magnetic way of pulling you right back in. 
if you've got your bones in the ground and there's still energy in those bones, it's going to cause another incarnation. Actually, it's probably one of the greatest causes of reincarnation, even when the being doesn't want to reincarnate. Their body sucks them back in. That and jilted lovers. So, <laughs> pulls them right back in. So, your, <laughs> your pakawa, when you invite it inside of you, goes back in and helps to reconnect with your body's communication system. The communication system doesn't speak. A human language doesn't speak French, unfortunately, doesn't speak English, but it creates a dynamic and a pattern and a, and a familiarity. And I want you to get back to that. I want you to get back to being familiar with your energy body. Again, don't start studying books on biology. You don't have to go to med school. This is about the energetics of your body, and it's about the ability of reconnecting with that part of your body that always has and still does know how to rebalance itself, to regrow limbs. It's built right in, and there's, there's scientific proof of it. But more than anything, energetically, it's absolutely there. It's been put away, been locked away, been considered one of the great mysteries, and it's not. It's not. It's about giving permission, and it's about reconnecting with yourself. Your body heals itself. Now, if you're doing it only so you're going to be a few pounds lighter or look a little younger, you may want to reconsider. But if you're doing it to repair or rejuvenate your biological system so you can spend more beautiful years on Earth enjoying what you forgot to enjoy previous to this, previous thousand lifetimes to this, then your body is going to say, yes, yes. And you're going to take a deep breath and say, I'm here to play. I'm here to enjoy. I'm here to have fun and to be abundant. Abundant in every way, not just money, but abundant in every way. This is the natural way. This other way, the suffering, the lack, the disease, that's not natural. It's not natural. It's actually a distortion. It's, it's, a, it's a lie. And it takes a lot more energy to live in that fashion than it does to live as a sovereign being. So take a deep breath and give your pakawa the blessings to go within, into your energy body. Make the connection with your body's communication network. Now your pakawa and start connecting this back to the conscious you in this now moment, don't expect that suddenly your health is going to change. Know that it's going to change. Know that it's going to change. There's one right here, if you don't mind, please stand up. One right here who can tell you the truth of my words. Now, Ann Garrett may put it in different words than what I have just put it in, but he knows that he had to go back into himself. Yes, he had the assistance of doctors, 
and the love of Andra, who still hasn't changed her name. He has the love of Shambra, but he had to go back within, knowing that it's all there. It's all there. He didn't take any exotic or strange medications. He didn't drink weirdo waters. He didn't do mantras and chants, and he didn't cry a lot either. He didn't call out to me other than to play a little bit of new energy chess. That's a, that's a wonderful thing. And he went inside and kept it real simple. I am that I am, and I always will be. That said something to this body's network and its communication system. He didn't work with a pakawa like we're going to do, but he went in and said, I am that I am, and his body heard that. Thank you. I got the same memo you did. Yes, yes. <laughs> but my memo said, wear an expensive suit. I, I don't know. This like looks like a yuppie's going camping. <laughs> So, so let's take a deep breath and really feel into the essence of your pakao. It's you. It's an aspect. It's, it's your brilliance. It is your brilliance. It is you. Now, as it goes within and, and works for you, and as it works for you in dream state and, and all the time, allow it to start shaping and shifting and moving its form and changing. Again, don't expect that it's going to talk to you, but that doesn't mean it's not going to communicate. There's a big difference. Talking is a very, very crude form of communication, extremely crude. It would be the difference between one person singing out of tune versus a huge symphony with hundreds of talented musicians and singers all joining in together. You see, the language is flat. It used to be so much more in the times of Atlantis, Lemuria, the singing language, and now language is flat. We're going to have Caldra singing here pretty soon. We'll sing a whole shout together. That's getting out of your comfort zone for Caldra. Absolutely. So, now, take a deep breath and, and just let the Pakawa do its thing. Let you do your thing. Let you do your thing. Now, if you were captain of a ship, would you basically have control over your crew? Would you tell them what to do, how to do it, when to do it, and what they're going to get paid for doing it? Roger. Yes. Good answer. Excellent answer, because there's an important element at work here. You're the captain of the ship and you have all these other humans. And if you don't define your expectations for the other humans, they have a tendency of uh, mutiny taking over. So you have to be very clear about your leadership and about your balance and about the expectations. You have to lay it out for them, unfortunately. By the way, Chambra is a little bit different. Um, I won't get into that right now, but uh, you don't have to lay it all out. You just have to let them go at it and discover new energy for themselves. Create some conflict sometimes, some 
oh, interesting dynamics, but actually that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now, you know, you put Schomburg and Schomburg together and you get some heat, some friction at times. Oh, a lot of love, but a lot of friction going on. Why? Because you're all going through a very stressful period. Uh, you're going through a lot of changes right now. And you're actually testing the other person in a way. You have past life issues with them sometimes. It's all under the guise of leadership and everything else, but that's not the real reason. The reason is the incredible stress that's taking place. So, but that's besides the point. Captain of the ship, yes, you want to, you want to make it very clear to everybody working for you that you're the captain. You're in, you're in the top. You call the shots. Now, the question is, with captain of your own ship, you, your body, mind, soul, your aspects from the past, every part of you, do you exert control, Timothy? No, you don't. But thank you for, for answering. No, you don't. But and, and I'm using this as an example, not trying to pick on anybody. But no, you don't, because it's all you. You don't have other humans in there. You don't have their agendas and their uh, desire to feed and to have power, take power away from you, and all the other things that humans do. This is you. You're captain of your own ship. You're the boss. You're the sovereign being. Your, every part of you, every, every part of your body and your mind and your spirit absolutely loves you. Other people don't necessarily love you, but every part of you loves you. You've gotten out of communication with the other parts of yourself, gotten out of – because of the, way of the way things have been done, they don't respect you. These other parts of you don't respect you like they used to, or like they would like to, but they want to. And to make it all the more difficult, you don't trust yourself anymore. So you've really fallen out of grace with yourself, with these parts of you. And that's why a lot of the communications in your mind, in your body, and definitely your spirit have shut down, definitely with your spirit. Fallen out of trust with yourself, and so you've isolated yourself into this little being. Little being. Not trusting of who you actually are. The first casualty, of course, obviously, is your spirit, your soul. It's not that you, I hear sometimes you say, we forgot on purpose. Now, come on, please. Really? You forgot on purpose? You wanted to forget who you were? Who told you that? Why did you believe it is actually the real question. No, no, no. You got out of trust and communication with yourself. So you fall out of any sort of connection with your spirit. It's still there. It's still there. Always has been. But you stop communicating with it, with every part of yourself. You don't trust your body, don't trust your mind, you don't have the foggiest 
of your spirit. You've been searching for it for a long time, and that's ended in, or that's been, a fun game in a way. Let's go search for spirit. Search where? It's you. You say, but, but me? Spirit? Absolutely. Spirit out of communication with itself, because of lack of trust. So here you are, captain of your ship, and you have all these and I'm not speaking to just you. I'm speaking, let's say, I'm just speaking to the others who are going to read this later. <laughs> You're captain of your own ship, out of communication with yourself. And there's these weird ideas about God and about spirituality. These ideas are some of the most difficult things that we have in working with you to get over, to get you over old past-life concepts of God. I heard talk today about Rome, an amazing place. I love going there. But there are so many old conditionings that you have because of church backgrounds and about what God is. Not at all, not at all what, what many humans even realize. You're out of connection with this part of you know God, you know my definition of God, actually. It's not, it's not singular. That's not this big angry old white man with a beard up in heaven. That's somebody's God, but hopefully it's not your God. What what if? What if God is the accumulated potentials? of the past, everything that was and could have been, all the potentials of the past, and all the potentials of the future, everything that could be. What if God is everything except this moment? The potentials, every potential, including things you experience and those that you didn't, and everything that you're going to experience and those that you won't. What if that's God? And you, as God also, are here in the present moment pulling in these energies, bringing them into reality in this moment, bringing them into you. Just, just an idea, something to chew on in a few nights when you're trying to get to sleep. So, so anyway, Shambra, um, you come to the point here in getting back into trust with yourself. Every part of you, your body, mind, spirit, your aspects, the God within, your divinity, every potential experienced and not every potential to be, truly wants to serve you. It is you. It is you. So you come to the point of being here right now and saying, I've got to trust myself. I've got to absolutely let go. Absolutely let go. Not letting go to another being, or to your pakawa, or to your partner, or to some god who you have no clue what it is. How can you let go? So you let go. What's going to happen? What's going to happen when you let go? It'd be kind of scary. Pardon? It'd be kind of scary. Kind of scary. Really scary. Matter of fact, the scariest thing you've ever gone through, ever. Kind of scary. It'll turn you upside down. It'll cause your whole consciousness to shudder, to shake, 
You know how, how when you get something out of alignment, it starts to shudder and to shake? Sometimes the alignment on your automobile, you get to a certain speed, shudders and shakes. What do you do? Slow down. What do you do here? Breathe. Speed up and breathe. I love this group. I love this group. Yes. You take a deep breath and you let go, which letting go is speeding up. Putting on the brakes is slowing down, is restriction, is stopping the flow. No, you let it go. Is your life going to change? Is your life going to change? Absolutely. Absolutely it will change. Are you okay with that? Or are you going to try to define what the change should be? There you will. You'll definitely, you'll definitely try to define the change. But that's okay. That's okay, as long as you know. It's not going to happen in the way the human part of you necessarily expects or wants. In a, one of our upcoming sessions, we're going to talk about the difference between your human creation self and your soul self, and why there's an apparent contradiction, at least in the short term. So you let go. This is, this is 101, Energy 101. You've talked about it before. And you've thought about it, but the problem is you've thought about it. You can talk about it nicely, but you haven't lived it fully. I know some of you have made great, great strides, but now we're going to live it, living in that place of absolute trust in yourself. It'll bring up your issues, every mistake you've ever made. Every time your body has been out of balance, every time you've made a fool out of yourself and had bad lives and done bad things, it'll bring those issues up. How can you trust you that's made all these mistakes? Ah, define mistake. Define mistake. So I'm going to be encouraging you to constantly go back to trust, not control. The captain of a ship controls their ship, but you as as the captain of your own destiny. You don't need to control. You're going to turn out to be the dreamer, the creator, the, the imagination being, and let all the rest of the parts do their thing to support that. It doesn't need a lot of structure. It needs heart. It needs feeling. It doesn't need the brain looking at how to create patterns to get a few extra dollars in your life. This is about living in passion, manifesting in a much simpler way, much, much, much simpler way. But let's take a deep breath together. So since we were talking about fashion before, David, what color is the shirt that I'm wearing? Are we going to do this short answer? Indeed. Indeed. Linda will run with a microphone. Blue, indeed. Yes, it is. And to Gabriella, where are you right now? Here. Here. Where is here? Here in my now. What do they call this? Ah, uh, Cold Creek Canyon. Cold Creek Canyon, absolutely. And Elizabeth, run, run, run. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. There's more than one. What kind Elizabeth. of car are you driving? BMW. BM, nice. Thank you. <laughs> BMW. So, these are three facts that are not true at all. 
that are not true at all. Now, part of them is true, but a lot of it isn't true. This is our next step that we're going to be going to, and it's going to require your trust, which is why I just talked about trust, and it's going to require a connection with your pakawa to become interdimensional and to begin to understand that nothing is fact anymore. Nothing. Humanness likes to, likes to focus on fact, likes to anchor itself in fact. It says, this is the way it is. The mind loves it. Actually, even the other parts of your being kind of like it. Fact. Fact gives you what you think to be clarity, but it's actually giving you limitations. You say, fact. The sun's going to rise tomorrow. Maybe not. A few of you actually, actually, brilliantly thought to yourselves before when I came in and made my introduction, you said, hmm, Adama said this was Sunday, November 8th, whatever you happen to say. It's actually fact. Somewhere. Somewhere. For some chamber listening. And it's not fact. And it's not fact, because it's incomplete. Incomplete. One of the greatest transitions from old energy to new is that what was fact is no longer. That is going to be hard to deal with, unless you trust yourself, unless you're working on your own energy management, how to connect with something as simple as a pakawa. It's just, a, it's just an imaginary or a real animal aspect of yourself. So fact goes out the door, and you're going to be presented over and over and over again with this, and it's going to challenge your mind, and you're going to say, but this is fact, that a floor is wood, or is it? A part of it is true. A part of anything is true, even if it's a total lie. And your mind is starting to say, but, but. Ah, this is a good time to take a deep breath. Your mind has been programmed into patterns and structures and certain belief systems. It's, it's a, if you could take this model of the development of the mind and, and the intensity and the belief behind it and apply that to yourself and your soul, it would be phenomenal, as long as you implanted something into the process that said, at a certain point, I'm going to allow myself to expand beyond this very intense belief system. The mind is a belief system. Very intense. Very real. Brilliant job. The mind is so smart it created a brilliant aspect of itself, that it believes itself, that it relies on itself, and that it can actually shut down everything else to see only itself. But don't you think that in this brilliance of creating the mind that you should have created that little trigger, that little device that then released it from itself? Don't you think you should have done that? You did do that. You did do that. There is a trigger in there. There is a mechanism, so to speak, in the mind's own patterns. Little, just a little button, let's say. And this is that little button that releases the mind from itself. But guess what? 
You were brilliant enough to create this mechanism that allows you to explode beyond your mind. And I say explode because that's what it's going to be. There's so much energy tied up in the intellect, in the mind. It's going to explode when you open it up. But as smart as you were in creating this mechanism, this release mechanism, the mind is really smart because you created it. And the mind said, don't ever touch that button. (laughs) So we have an interesting catch-22 going on here. You know it's there. You feel it. You know the release from belief systems is there, from structures is there. But you posted a guard at the gate, and you told the guard not to believe any bullshit that you told it, no matter what. Say, if you show up at the gate with the guard, guards, whole army guarding it, you show up and say, hey, ooh, it's me, it's time to, it's time to go, they're not going to believe you. It's a brilliant game. But who is the God? The guards? No. No, no, not the guards. You are. You are the gods. You are the Creator. You are the one who can choose your own reality. You can choose anything you want. You can override any programming, any tapes, any belief systems, any conditioning, simply by taking a breath and trusting yourself. Taking the breath is easy. Trusting yourself, very difficult. Very, very difficult. Or not. Or not. As you continue venturing into the new energy – and there's tremendous support here for all of you – but as you continue into this, you're going to find out that fact is no longer. Everything that you were told about physics and science and medicine and architecture and engineering and television sets, uh, anything, is no longer. Because you're seeing only one aspect or one potential of whatever it is, and there's so much more, so much more. The shirt may appear blue to you, but truly in the other realms, the eyes looking at this in the other realms see this as something totally different. Either they don't see color, as defined in the human physical nature, or they're going to see this blue as more of a into the yellow tones and possibly green, depending on where they are and what they're doing. And they don't see color in the other realms, they don't see it like you do. So is it blue? Ask an angel, he'll tell you, hell no. It's probably orange. Who knows? And on top of that, it's difficult for them to see because they look at energy patterns. They don't see physical reality. I'm about as close as an angel gets to being and seeing in physical nature because Caldra has allowed the eyes to be open. So now I can, I'm still seeing your energies, but I'm now seeing these beautiful faces. So all fact is going to start slipping away. The intellect is going to start dissolving away, and you're going to feel desperate and and stupid at times. You're going to miss appointments. (laughs) You're going to forget names. You're going to, you're going, and then somebody's going to tell you, and you're going to believe it for a moment. Somebody's going to tell you you're getting old, or you're 
spending too much time in this cult thing that you're part of, or whatever. And for a temporary moment you're going to believe it, and particularly the part about getting old. But you're not. And, and don't rush out and buy a bunch of drugs and vitamins and everything else to counter, because your body already knows how to handle all of this if you just let it. If you just let it. So all the facts are going to start to change, and it's going to be very disorienting for you. Everything is going to start slipping away. Yes, you'll still, you'll still have the car to drive, and particularly there's a part of you that has the wisdom to know when not to let the memory of driving a car just slip out. <laughs> You're going to let the other stuff go first. The facts are going to start to change, and you're going to realize that the world around you is built on facts that aren't necessarily true. While that seems to be exotic and seductive, it's going to be very frightening at times, because the world as you know it is going to dissolve. What's going to come in its place, we'll talk about later, but understand you are brilliant enough to not just go into nothingness, you're creating something so new, although it may seem like nothingness for a short period of time. Fact goes out the door. Fact goes out the door. Newton's laws, so accepted by everybody, go out the door. And perhaps rightfully so. Newton said himself that that this was a temporary condition, this whole thing of cause and effect and gravity and all of his other theories, he said, but this is just one potential, one that we happen to be choosing and living together, but it's just one. But that starts going out the door. Been feeling a little woozy lately? Been feeling a little disconnected lately? Not necessarily from yourself, but from other things, because fact is going to change. You read about facts in the newspaper. Those aren't facts. Those are limited belief systems. Truly, truly. You read about facts in books and you absorb them in a hypnotic way, like they're the way. That's the fact. It said it right there in the book. I've written books that are totally unfactual, but it doesn't make them untrue. It just is a different perspective, and perspectives are going to change now. So let's take a deep breath. Your pakawa and your trust in yourself are going to help you adjust to the fact that facts aren't facts anymore. <laughs> Next. We're watching our time here for you. Although time – what a non-fact! It serves you. It serves you to a point. To a point, it helps to keep kind of things stabilized. But you are really time travelers. I mean, you're doing it right now. Actually, right now, you're doing it. You don't. You just that communication system was set shut down. So you think you're only here. You're traveling back and forth. Epikawa is going into your body. It's also while you're here going outside, and it's time traveling. It's an amazing thing. Time traveling is sometimes more fun than than any than any human experience, uh, well, other than a few that I can think of. But time traveling 
Oh, we'll get into that in one of our in one of our classes. I and I want to get on with our discussion at hand today. So let's take a deep breath and understand that you can trust yourself in every way. In every way, but you say the words "I am God." Also, when you're going to live it, "I am God." Also means trusting in everything. The human aspect has certain expectations and. Things don't always work out the way Mr. or Mrs. Human would think they're going to work out, but they do work out. They do. That's trust. That's trust. It's interesting, if you don't have trust in yourself, what is there? Lifetimes of trusting others? Lifetimes of doubting you? If you don't have trust in yourself, I contend that you don't exist. You really don't exist. You put your energy in everything else, so you don't exist. doesn't mean you're dead. You just don't exist. So today, today let's take a journey together. Last, our last session, we went back into the past, and we opened up doors. We opened up doors of the past. and. Sometimes you expect this big charge of energy, you expect lightning bolts and everything else. Sometimes the changes are at such beautiful and what would appear to be subtle levels, and levels that are out of the range of your current communication system, that you don't realize what's really going on, but it is going on. So when you opened the doors last month and allowed the potentials of the past to come in to visit you in, the, in this now moment, I contend that you allowed half of your God Self in by allowing those potentials. You experienced certain things in the past. You got fired from a job, for instance. That's a good thing. <laughs> Tobias had mentioned it, and I will reinforce it sooner or later, dear friends here. You're going to have to get out of that um, mm. That heavy grid, mass consciousness grid of enslavement. And then I call it that opening. It's modern day slavery. Please, please. They tell you you're free, but you're not. You know it. They say, oh, you can do anything you want. Try doing it just once. You're not free. It's slavery. And, and we're going to play with that also. We're going to get over that. You're, you're going to end up working for yourself or at least doing something you absolutely love. But if you're in that job, in that cycle, I can't even believe that it still exists on Earth today, and it's actually going to get worse. The, the system of, uh, of hourly enslavement, working for somebody else, working for the man, <laughs> the paycheck, the and sit, dear Lord. If you sit in a cubicle, go in with a sledgehammer on Monday, knock it down, <laughs> and then get a good lawyer and go to court and say that was inhumane to put anybody in a cubicle, and then sue for a lot of money and you probably win. Either that or you just have a good time doing it, but <laughs> it's all wrong. It's all wrong. So we went into the past. We opened up the potentials, the ones that were never actualized or realized, but they're still there. Their energy is there. Their potential is there. Their love is there. That's an aspect that you never communicated with. So we brought that in. 
today. Let's go into the future. Into the future. Raises an interesting question before we go out. Is the future destined? No. Taking a survey of humans on Earth, for about 99.7% of them, it absolutely is. They're allowing it. They're choosing it. So if you look from our perspective, they are following a pattern of destiny. Now, the destiny is self-destiny, in a way, because at some point they chose it, but they've allowed other people to run their lives. They've allowed their aspects to run their lives. They've given up. They didn't just let go of control of themselves, the highly, highly controlling beings of themselves, but to everything else they've given up, they've surrendered. So they are destined. They're following their karmic path, and they allow that to happen. They say, it's my karma. Even if they, if they don't use the words karma, they believe in the linear progression of the soul, and they follow it stupidly, going down the aisle like they have to do it, like God is making them do it, like they have no choice. They also believe in the destiny of mass consciousness, which is very, very thick, very, very heavy, hard to get out of that, that matrix, that grid. Or not. could be as easy as making a choice, but then your life's going to change. Most humans really don't want that. I, and I'm not being critical. I'm being an observer. Don't you like that? <laughs> I don't judge. I just observe. <laughs> so they live a life of destiny also if they have very strong belief systems, particularly religious, spiritual belief systems. That creates destiny. They believe that here is the path to go to heaven and hell, and those are the two directions. That's destiny. It's, it's destiny with two choices, but that's all the choices they give themselves. So most humans do live in destiny. <coughs> and actually, most humans believe in destiny. They believe in a all-crappy God who, who chooses their <laughs> destiny for them. Tells them what's going to happen. They haven't bothered. You know, as sometimes as limited as the mind is, it doesn't take a very strong mind to stop and think. Well, what does spirit care anyway? Why would spirit have me doing all this stuff? What to prove myself to who, to what? It, it as much as logic is changing, that is not logical. That that doesn't make sense at all. But programming. Hypnosis overlays are so strong, they take otherwise brilliant men and women and make them go stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. So, so, you are. Most humans live by the hand of destiny, but they don't have to. They don't have to. They're, they're like a fish out of water. Oh, you know what that's like without destiny. You know, you've gone through the experience in the past of saying, your guides are gone. There are no more rules. Your contracts have ended. Isn't that destiny? Wasn't it kind of fun for a short period of time, but then it got old? 
It's a, it's a self-imposed destiny. But ultimately, there really isn't any. But if you've been living under the roof of destiny, it, it actually gets a little comfortable after a while. It gets easy after a while, and you feel naked, exposed, and vulnerable. Very vulnerable when there's no destiny. But there is none. There truly is none. So what's out there in the future where we're going to journey in just a moment? And actually, it really is we really are going to journey out there. Um, and we're not. <laughs> Nothing anymore is fact. Very fluid, very, very fluid. And that's that's a good thing. So what's out there? Potentials. Potentials. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a field of potentials that lies in front of each and every one of you that's quite limited, actually. That field of potentials was caused or created by what has come before. Every time there is an action over here, it creates a potential over there. Every time something you experience today is going to create a new bubble of potential out into your future. And so it should be. The potentials allow you a series of choices that you can make, and then you go through life choosing which potential. And generally you're going to choose the one that has the strongest energetic effect on you. Not necessarily the best for you, but the one that is the most seductive. The most seductive potentials are the ones you're going to pick. They often lack logic. They often work in other realms of you. They're very, very seductive. And then you make yourself think that this is a good choice. It was just seduction. So you don't always choose what you really want. I know it seems like a contradiction, but you don't always choose what you really want. You choose what seduces you. And you say, well, isn't that what I want? Well, yes it is, in a warped, twisted, little human kind of way. But we're big angels now. We're getting over that. You helped to create this content. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> We've been working on it all week, so I do always consult with Calder and Linda beforehand in, a, in, in my own way to make sure that I never take them over the side of their comfort zone. Right to the Push edge. into the edge, but never <laughs> over the side. So. Out there in the future, where we're going to go in just a moment, we're going to go visit potentials. We're going to feel them. We're not going to think about them. We're not going to put them in an Excel spreadsheet, as some of you are prone to do. We're going to go feel their energies. But up to now, the potentials that you've felt, uh, the potentials that you're aware of that are out there, are the ones that have been created by the past for the most part, by past experience. Those potentials uh, uh, involve uh, uh, 
a, a wide variety of choices. In other words, you're not limited in the choices of those potentials. But they've been their dynamics have been old energy and they've been based on the past. And therefore at times you feel like you're stuck. You feel like you're under the spell of somebody's destiny, whether it's yours or your soul's or somebody. You felt frustrated because it's all been based on the past. So in this moment right now, we can look beyond those because there are others. You just haven't seen them. The communication network hasn't brought them in. There are potentials that lie beyond the effect of your past. Take a deep breath and don't think about it, but ponder it. Feel it. Your potentials, the ones you have been aware of, have been based on your past or in the past of your aspects. The ones we're going to open up to have nothing to do with your past, nothing to do with your karma, nothing to do with who you were ten minutes ago, who you were a lifetime ago. These are fresh. These aren't going to feel like you at first, because they don't contain the essence of your humanness, of who you've been, of who you've identified with. These are so new that you may feel for a moment that you're doing it wrong, that you're not getting it. You say, well, what am I supposed to feel? You're used to feeling seduction. You're used to feeling power. You're used to feeling opposing energies. These new potentials contain none of that. They have your deepest essence in them, but unrestricted and unlimited, not based on the past. Dear Shambra, this is new energy. You say, haven't these always been there? Absolutely. They've been in a state of dormancy. They've been sleeping. You haven't, even if even prior to, to today, if you would have gone in looking for them, you would have never found them, because you were looking for something else. You are looking for something with other attributes, and you were always pulled away by seduction, your own seduction. So today, whether you choose to keep your eyes open or closed, let's take a deep breath. And let's journey off together into the future. The future hasn't happened yet. Its potentials are there. The future hasn't been written. That's why psychics and seers and prophets get it wrong the vast majority of the time. Why? 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 Because they're seduced before they ever come to truth. Well, seduction is a form of truth, but they get sidetracked. So let's go now. Let's take this journey. Let's go down a hallway together, like we did in our last gathering. Let's walk down this beautiful hallway into the future. But as we walk down this hallway, let that fact of the hallway dissolve, the floor dissolve, the walls dissolve, the doorways dissolve. 
Let's walk down this where it isn't just walking into the light or into darkness. Let's walk into ourselves. Walk into you. Walk into all of the potentials that have been there. The potentials that were created by the past, they're still there. Let's walk through those. This is a multidimensional holograph that we're walking through. It contains everything. It contains nothing. It contains all that can be, as well as nothing itself. Let yourself walk. And now, release even the walking. No need to walk. The I am that I am is just there. And let's go past the obvious potentials that were created out of yesterday's events and into the potentials that represent more of your full self, more of your true self, more of your divine self. Potentials that up until now were unseen and unknown and unfelt, but here they are. Potentials of the future that can be so markedly different or so simple. Potentials that dissolve away all belief, all logic, all fact, releasing the structure of energy back into an energy that serves your new consciousness, whatever that is, but not a consciousness based on yesterday. As we walk into this potential, these potentials beyond the old grid and the old belief systems, there's no seduction. There's, there's no bias or there's no basis for seduction in your new energy potentials. There's no such thing as death. There's no such thing as having to live. It just is. These potentials don't have to solve any problems or fix any issues or change anything, because these new potentials don't have old imbalances. They're brand new. They're the new, the new fruit of your joy and passion, and they're here. What we're doing right now is not choosing, not trying to drag these back. We're setting up a connection, communication. We're expanding our consciousness right now. It's not a time to get into mental activity, not a time to try to say, here's how I want my life structured. This is a time to feel into you, to feel into unrestricted, unbalanced – in other words, potentials that have no previous balance or form to them, but they're pure, pure, pure potentials. And there's nothing else you have to do other than sense them, 
You can sense them through smelling. You can sense them through feeling. Even hearing and tasting. But more than anything else, just being there. Trusting yourself. Working with your Pakawa at times, working just like this at other times, go out to your potential. This is not the potential. This is not the grid or the field for humanity or all creation. This is yours, your potentials. They're out there. Right now, by expanding the consciousness, we're unlocking, activating, opening up these potentials into your life. In the most beautiful and the most flowing way, these start coming back into the present, into this reality, into your point of presence, your point of choice, your point of actualization. Take a deep breath. Feel yourself in the room at the end of our discussion today. I'm going to ask Andra to do a little extra breathing, and I'm going to ask for a little bit of upbeat music to really ground it back. Or when we expand out like this, we're opening up some systems, some, some networks, and some parts of yourself that need that. Before I depart today, I'm going to ask you, please continue to work with your Pakawa. It's the way to understand how to manage your energy. Remember that it doesn't act or behave in the pattern that your mind would think. It changes, it moves, it shifts, it, it feels different. The way your Pakawa felt yesterday may not be the way it feels today. It changes. When you are confronted with issues of fact, and fact seems to be changing, it's time to go to trusting yourself. There's going to be part of you, and there's going to be a lot of other people that will try to get you back into a structure or a pattern. This is the time to trust yourself, because fact is no longer the only reality. It becomes very multidimensional. So we're going to be very easy to want to run back into the comfort of established fact, defined living. But trust yourself. Trust yourself to venture off into these new territories. That's what we're here for. That's what I'm so proud of when I talk to my counterparts and my associates in the other realms. This is a group that is willing to give it a try, is willing to go into new territory. One other thing before I depart. I'd like to work with all of you. We've, we've been working intensely in small groups, sometimes bigger groups, in our dream state. Dream state is real state. You've experienced that, some of you, lately. You wake up, and the dream was more real than your bedroom. The dream had more life than this. It can appear a little depressing at times, because you say, I want to go back into dream state, but we're bringing all these together. So 
we've been working together in small groups, medium-sized groups, but now I'd like to work with all of Chambra uh, in a singular, in a single event, and a dream event. And this will be the first of what I hope will be many more, many more that you can organize and do on your own. On the night of, and remember, uh, fact is no longer fact, <laughs> but you can always choose a facet to experience. On the night of let us say November 11th, because you think that's a great mysterious date? 11-11. There's nothing there, – yes, there, I, I have to stop. There are some significant interesting things about that date, because the alignment of numbers. What it says is energy moves through the numbers and the mathematics in a different way than if they aren't aligned, but ultimately numbers aren't fact anymore either. Do you know for every number there are multiple counterparts of that same number? Two. It's not just two. Two has dimensions above it and below it, and, and some, of the, some of the mystics of, and the ancients understood this, and they laugh, even to this day, when they see humans defining two as two. It is part of two, but two has a negative two and a positive two and a lateral two and a infinite two and a limited two, and, and it goes on and on with all the potentials. You see, nothing is as what you thought it was. It's more. Much more. So on the 11th, 11th, because this will sound good to everybody else, all of your metaphysical friends say, we're doing an experiment on 11-11. Boom. Boom. And then you're going to write a book and call it the 11-11 experiment. And it will, it will sell very well, by the way. So here's what we're going to do if you're willing to participate. And all you have to do is make a, a choice within we'll, – we'll hear it. We're going to gather on that night, no matter what time zone you're in, no matter what time it happens to be. But when you're in your sleep state on that night, we're going to bring together a group dream. I don't want to say a lot about it, but it will, we'll all join together. We will have the same experience, and we will have many different experiences. There will be an underlying theme. There will be a beginning, a middle, and an end. There will be a story to our dream and stories within the story. And you'll be a participant and you'll have your own experience, but yet you'll also have the group experience simultaneously. So you're going to have two dreams within what appears to be one and actually a lot more than two, but let's not get into that right now. You'll have your group portion of that dream and your individual portion. Please, please put a paper and pencil or pen or your electronic device or whatever, your little keypad thing, beside your bed. And do it tonight or tomorrow night. Don't wait till the last minute because then you'll fall asleep and you'll forget. Put it beside your bed and when you wake up in the middle of the night or first thing in the morning, stop. Take a deep breath before doing anything. Start writing. Now, you might have to go pee really bad, but resist. Uh, resist, or do whatever you have to do to improvise, but write, write. Write down the dream. Now, we're not looking for uh, hundreds of pages worth of your notes. Write down the important feelings, 
important visuals, and more than anything else, the I'm going to say the answer that you give to the question that is asked. I didn't say there was going to be a question asked. I said write down the answer to the question. It may or may not be asked, but you will have an answer. Nothing is as it was. Then we're going to ask the brilliant and loving and hardworking staff at Crimson Circle to create a common place where you can put these, put your writings. They don't have to be elaborate. This is not a writing contest. This is we're going to show some very special things in this. Contribute. It could be the, a message board that's set up just for this. It could be some other device, but a way to collect this information. And then we're going to be talking about it on and off, definitely in our next gathering. We're going to give some insights and information. We'll help you to understand what's going on, and we'll help you understand a little bit more about new energy dream understanding. I don't want to say dream symbolism because that's gone, by the way. Dreams are so different for you now. So you're going to notice common things, uncommon things. You're going to have the group part of your understanding and the individual. 1111, the great 1111 Schomburg dream experiment <laughs> is underway. So please do participate. It will, it will help all of us to understand really what's going on here. And now, let's take a deep breath. It's been an honor and delight to be here with you. We're going to do a little breathing in just a moment. I appreciate your, your energy, your indulgence, your being a part of this phenomenal experience as we venture into the new energy. Be careful, by the way, of saying, Oh dear Adamus, or not so dear Adamus, be careful of saying, let's go really, 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 really fast. <laughs> Is that me? Because you have to understand you are going really, 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 really fast. But we don't need collisions. We don't need things to blow apart. We are going fast. So I know some of you sometimes it's, give it to me hard, give it to me rough, give it to me explosive. You don't need that anymore. So with that, dear ones, a reminder, a reminder to all, all is well in all of your universe, and therefore I can be Adamas. Enjoy. This invitation is for you, for you right now. Choose to receive, participate, play, dance beyond with this breath. This breath right now can bring this expanded energy deeper and deeper into the core of you. Are you willing to receive this gift for you? Breathe. Breathe it in. Flowing gently, let it flow, flow gently down, in through your nose, but deeper and deeper, melting your chest, soothing stress, 
flowing deeper and deeper down, down through your ribs, down into this belly core of you, where a brilliant, brilliant sea of love, a sea of love that is the sweet, sweet soul of you. Breathe. Breathe just for you. Down. Down. Are you willing to sit in the sea of love that lives in the core of you? Sitting. It's like sitting in a great bathtub of warm, warm liquid surrounding you, loving you, holding you so safely as you breathe in this space. Every breath caresses you. Feel this breath caressing caressing you so gently, slowly, slowly inviting your energy to slow down, slow down. For in the slowness, in the stillness, every drop of this liquid love can caress you as never before. Breathe so deeply. This beautiful sea of compassion that lives within you allow you to sit in that space remembering this is home. Home for this love affair you with you. Yes. Breathe deeply now. Breathe deeply now. Still, all the time, but I know, never know. 
where 